You're tuned in to the Waves Podcast with Wireless Nerd, where we'll explore what's new, what's now, and what's next in the wireless industry. All right, let's try this again. <laughs> I have been having some serious problems with uh, internet services here at the house, so I apologize for any of that inconvenience real quick. I, I hate to pop on and then drop off and then come back, but I saw that something was going on there. So I don't mind starting all over again. We'll see if this thing sticks. Either way, welcome again <laughs> to Waves. I'm Drew, the wireless nerd, and today it is, uh, it's the week of, today's December 13th, but it's the week of December 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, all that stuff. And this is Waves. Today we're going to talk about what's new, what's now, what's next, what's happening in the wireless industry, um, what's happening in the tech industry with a little bit of emphasis, obviously, on wireless. And what I wanted to start off with, and I apologize if you've heard this before, but what I wanted to start, apologize, <laughs> let's try this again. What I wanted to start with was the WLAN market review that just came out from IDC. Some interesting information, some some key numbers to look at here. Uh, overall, it's showing a $2.5 billion revenue in the third quarter of 2023 for the wireless LAN industry, which is a 5.2% year-over-year decline from 2022 Q3 to 2023 Q3. But that's not to say that in the middle, there wasn't a lot of stuff. So if you look at the chart, there's all this activity that happened in the middle, popped up right around you know, $3.5 and then you know dipped down between uh, Q4 and Q1, and then popped back up in Q2, and then down in Q3. But overall, it looks pretty healthy. Uh, you know, it's sitting above it's sitting above two billion, so two two and a half billion is where it's sitting. Lots of activity going on in the wireless land industry. Um, key key statistics here: Cisco has a three and a half percent increase in wireless land revenues, uh, taking up forty three point four percent of the market. HP Aruba comes in that that second place with twelve percent of the market. So according to, to IDC, there's about you know, 21 point difference between market share, uh, Cisco leading with 43% HP coming in with 12. And then after that, you've got Huawei with 7.2%, Ubiquity with 6.4%, Comscope with 5.1%, and Juniper with 4.5% market share. And the ones that I like to look at here, it's interesting to see Ubiquity has just been kind of that, that player that's just kind of hung out there for a while and done what they do. Lots of new products. I just, you know, got a tweet right now of a new product announcement that they have uh, for a new switch that, that they've brought to market. So definitely stuff going on you know uh i still you know and i i hate to say it but it's i was having a conversation with a friend of mine who has a lot of ubiquity and he says it's a throwaway brand if it breaks you just throw it out and you get a new one and you plug it in and it works and that's interesting i've, I've never it just seems it seems like that being that consumable uh, for something that you're supposed to rely on every day is interesting. So interested to see what their what their you know plans are. They're dumping a lot of money into marketing as we've seen over the last couple of weeks. So let's see what they do. But overall, looks good. The health of the industry looks pretty good coming into releases from Wi-Fi Seven. Uh, significant growth in the wireless line industry due to vendors addressing the backlog of product orders. And so, you know, is that affecting the downturn over the last couple of quarters where it's been like the backlog of the equipment came out, everything was pushed, everything moved, and now it's like starting to starting to baseline again where it is. So we'll see what happens there. Um, adoption of Wi-Fi 6E in the 6 gig spectrum is uh, surging. Wi-Fi 6E revenue surged by 13% between second and third quarters, uh, consisting of uh, or constituting 20.4% of dependent access point revenues 
uh, and 9.6% of unit shipments. So 9.6% overall unit shipments of Wi-Fi 6E. So definitely some adoption that's going on there, which is pretty cool, especially, like I said, coming into 7, uh, Wi-Fi 7. So, you know, all of us in the industry know that this is the big news wasn't 6 to 6E. It was 6 gigahertz opening up. So now that that's out there, lots of really cool things are happening. Gigabyte, for example, just released their PCIe card. So those of you, uh, those of you gamers with desktops who have PCIe slots, you now have access to a Wi-Fi 7 card uh, that Gigabyte has made available. It's pretty awesome, too. I'm staring at a picture of it right now. Um, I, you know, I don't know what all it's going to, what it's going to do, but it says wireless connections up to uh, 5.8 gig. Um, so offering up to 320 megahertz bandwidth support, uh, two, four, five gig and new six gig band. But it doesn't, I don't know if it's, if it's going to support MLO. I mean, it says MLO enables simultaneous connection to two bands. It says one thing it says it offers 3,200 or I'm sorry, 320 megahertz bandwidth support across the spectrum. And then it has MLO with multiple resource units and 4K QAM. So it says it's there. Uh, I would love to try it out. First, got to get those, got to get a Wi Fi 7 AP that's supporting that <laughs> so that you can make sure you can test out that card. But either way, I'm really looking forward to MLO. I think MLO is going to be really neat. I think that that's going to be a definitely a fun stepping stone in the industry. So, Gigabyte's card is coming out. Uh, I don't know. If the price is not listed, unfortunately, Gigabyte has yet to list a price for this adapter, according to XDA. So that'd be great to see when it comes out. Uh, something new and of note that's happening in the, on the news side that I thought was interesting is Netflix is finally making the switch to their uh, HDR DO, so dynamically optimized HDR. So for for the super nerds, where you know we we you know Dolby Atmos and HDR and, and UHD and all that other stuff, basically what's happening is now Netflix has figured out a way to stream uh, HDR and, and high definition services in increments of like eight, 10, 12, 16 megabyte per second, megabit per second. And so what they're showing is that now that it's dynamically changing that based on the amount of available throughput or based on, or what's happening at the time on the network, that there's a 40% uh, decrease, 40% fewer rebuffers in testing from Netflix. So it should be able to scale up and down. Now, what does that mean for picture quality? It's supposed to stay the same, right? It's supposed to just uh, push some of it and, and, you know, your picture's supposed to remain the same, but it's going to, you know, trickle some of that, some of that data in to make sure that you've got good quality imagery, but, uh, I don't know, man, that, that seems kind of weird. So we'll see what it happens. Anyway, it's called HDRDO. So look it up. Netflix is very excited about this. Improvements have been, um, seen all across categories ranging from TVs and mobile devices and tablets. So that's awesome. Something on here. I, I took a note about the AI that can tell your password based on your typing style. Just for funsies, <laughs> they they tested a Zoom call where they took a microphone and they put it on one side and the and they trained using a using an iMac or a, a Mac iMac. He says using a Mac, they trained it to uh, to correlate letters with sounds when people were typing, and then they were able to get ninety five percent accuracy on passwords. And then they did it across Zoom calls and ninety two percent accuracy across a Zoom call. Someone could record what was being typed and play it back and decipher somebody's password so be careful what you type be careful who's listening 
Don't know that that model's available yet, but I'm sure somewhere out there someone can find it or recreate it. So that was pretty interesting. Um, in other Wi-Fi news, if you're looking forward to a Carnival cruise, Carnival will be upping their Wi-Fi prices uh, by $3. So $25 a day for their premium services. Don't know why that's of note, but uh, I've never been on a cruise. I'm going to go on a cruise for the first time next year. It's a Disney deal. I wonder what their Wi-Fi prices are like. But just be ready. 25 bucks a day seems... Seems interesting. You know, uh, I know there's a lot of airlines and carriers that are trying to bring the price of it down or give it away for free. So 25 bucks a day sounds pretty, pretty crazy. Anyway, uh, that's what's happening. That's, that's a little bit of look at what's new, what I saw new over the last week, things that are, that are popping up and, and making waves. Um, now, what's going on right now, two things. Uh, got an email this morning from the NDIA, the National Digital Inclusion Alliance, where they uh, showed off the, the language for a new ACP bill that's being pushed into Congress, asking for a cool $7 billion to continue ACP. Talked about ACP on the last show. Obviously, this thing hits home for me down here in South Texas. If we lose ACP, 25 million households lose access to the internet, which is bad for everybody, not just bad for the students and the people that are using it, but it's bad for anyone who operates a service that relies on people using their service via the internet. So definitely would hope to see that a lot of people in tech get behind pushing to make sure those ACP vouchers uh, get pushed through and that $7 billion gets cleared. So that's what's happening there. And along with it, they're talking about poll attachment rights, which is something that unless you've ever done citywide deployments of some type of broadband, you've never had to worry about poll attachment rights. But poll attachment rights are a pain in the butt. And what they are are the streetlights that are on the sides of the road when you're driving down the, you know, down the highway, down the main street, down your neighborhood. Those poles are owned by different utility providers. And they're trying to come up with a way to make poll attachment rules. FCC is trying to come up with a with a with a way to make it easier to attain poll attachment rights. To give you an idea, when we did the city of McAllen, thousand polls that are out there um, to to negotiate those poll attachment rights with AEP, who's the poll the poll owner here in the city, it was we had to go back and forth and back and forth and talk to them about what we were putting up, how we were putting it up, what mounting method mechanism we were using, what methodology we were using, how much power it's going to draw, where it's going to go. There's all these rules, and then at the end of the day, there's a bill. So you have twenty seven dollars a year, forty bucks a year, eighty bucks a year, depending on the city or municipality you're working with. So hopefully there will be some clearance here. There's a 91-page document released on November 22nd where the FCC stated its report and will establish a new interagency rapid response team, the Rapid Broadband Assessment Team. And the task force will be responsible for providing coordinated review and assessment of poll attachment disputes and recommending effective dispute resolution procedures. So anything that's gonna, that can help that is going to be totally awesome because that is that's one of the hardest things. I think the last line in this article I was reading on Fierce Wireless says poll access is probably the single largest challenge that the industry is going to face over time to allow people like us to build as fast as possible. GoNetSpeed CEO Richard Clark told Fierce last month, uh, "Yeah, I mean it's not easy to get on the polls, and that's where you've got to be." So. Uh, poll attachment rights. Hopefully, FCC will make some room there. That'd be that'd be really cool. Next, to holiday Wi-Fi tips. <laughs> this is this is totally awesome. Uh, the Sun in the UK reports these these amazing how to improve your Wi-Fi tips. Tis the season for Wi-Fi. And they note that the things you might want to be careful for, according to uswitch.com, fairy lights are one of the top culprits this time of year. It's because they can emit a weak electromagnetic field which may interfere with radio waves from your Wi-Fi router. Obviously, the more fairy lights you have, the more of an issue it could be. According to the sun, be careful with fairy lights and watch the electromagnetic frequencies that are being emitted from your Christmas trees. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh... 
I'm sure everything puts off some type of EMF, especially something that is, you know, innocuous as a, uh, <laughs> as a fairy light. But I thought that that was pretty interesting. Also, tinsel. Tinsel could be to blame. Tinsel may look nice, but it too can have an impact on your broadband hub, according to the sun. Your broadband hub. Well, I've, I, there's a lot to say there. I'm going to leave that one alone. You have heard that mirrors can bounce Wi-Fi signals. Well, that same thing could happen with that sparkly bit of tinsel, depending on where you put it. Uh, do not decorate your Wi-Fi access point or your home router with tinsel. I would I would definitely recommend that. Uh, if it's made out of a, any type of aluminum, uh, I'd probably keep it away from electronics. Anyway, <laughs> so that's, that's interesting since it could cause a fire hazard. And also, people love to hide their Wi-Fi router behind their Christmas tree, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> This episode of Waves by Wireless Nerd is brought to you by WiFiStand.com. At WiFiStand.com, not only can you find our world-renowned access point mounting bracket used for temporary deployments, site surveys, surveys in the kits, setting something up temporarily using your own hardware at sporting events or concerts, WiFiStand.com has our brackets as well as our mounting options. We've got antennas. We've got survey tools. We have software. We have everything you need in your day-to-day activities as a Wi-Fi engineer. Visit us online, WiFiStand.com. I don't know where it gets us, but uh, having having your Wi-Fi router behind your, your Christmas tree could affect your signal strength. This is great. Uh, the best advice they give is give your Wi-Fi access point a place to breathe. So this was awesome. Uh, Merry Christmas and happy holidays and all that good stuff with this article. Make sure, you know, now's a, now's a great time to remind your family members and your friends when you're at their house to put their wireless access point not in a closet, not in the back room, but somewhere where it can actually emit a signal worth using. So I thought I would uh, share that a little bit. Um, interesting, uh, you know, other news, you know, uh, the other end of the spectrum, the Cyber Avengers water treatment hacks are getting a lot of press. And I'm interested to see how much of this is happening via wireless you know, there was a town in Texas, there was a town in, in um, Pennsylvania that their infrastructure got attacked by a group of um, by a group of hackers. And what's what's crazy about it is they had the ability to shut everything down. And so I want you to just, you know, no network is ever secure enough. So just putting it out there to, as a reminder, a gentle reminder that everything we do it will always be under attack on a network. And we're seeing a lot more wireless attacks coming through. So I'm not saying that's what happened with the with the water treatment facilities. However, just be on the lookout for that because that's that's never a good thing. Um the Texas town of Austin is losing its luster? Question mark, question mark, question mark. He asks knowingly. Um the, multiple articles now I've read talking about Texas seeing a slowdown in Austin and it losing its luster for a tech hub. You know, uh, Meta pulled out of a big building downtown and a couple of other people have been, you know, our businesses have been moving out of Austin and they're claiming the, the three biggest things, well, four biggest things here, lack of diversity uh, in, in talent, the cost of living being through the roof and the brutal summers. Also, the University of Texas has an unst- has proven to be an unstable funding partner in the state just because of the politics that are going on in the state of Texas. So it's making it challenging to predict the ongoing investment into the local ecosystem from the UT campus. So the cost of living has made it challenging for middle-class professionals, especially people of color, to buy into that market, which is hurting startups. So a lot of interesting information from Texas Tribune on here. 
um, they're competing with Google and Tesla for talent, you know, since they've got you know, big campuses there, Apple's got their big campus there also. But if you can't afford to live there, if you can't get above that wage bracket, if you can't get above that income bracket, then that limits the amount of people that you have access to from a recruiting and hiring facility. The monoculture speaks more to the income disparity that is pricing out musicians, artists, and hospitality workers who are so essential to the creative culture that makes Austin a great market for startups. Um, interesting. So I don't know, man. I mean, I Austin's Austin, right? And it's only gotten more expensive and the influx of people have only made it a little bit uh, more challenging here in the state. So that uh, doesn't surprise me, uh, to be honest, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Coming up next, that's what's now. That's what's new. What's coming up next? Wi-Fi 7 specs are coming in Q1. Oh, this was great information to read. After months of development, this according to PC Mag, after months of development, the tech industry is close to finalizing the official specs for Wi-Fi 7. The Wi-Fi Alliance, the industry, the body that oversees wireless technology. Shout out to Kevin and uh, and Consuelo at the Wi-Fi Alliance. The, the pals, hopefully we see them in Phoenix at WLPC. A new web page has been published that mentions the release schedule for Wi-Fi 7 certified. 802.11BE will be available before the end of Q1 2024, the Alliance says, which Tom's Hardware was the first to report. So that's great. Uh, exciting, exciting times. Wi-Fi 7 is definitely going to add some fun. So that's coming up. And then the last thing that I want to talk about real quick is is uh, our buddy Tiago and uh, WBA, the Wireless Broadband Alliance, 10 Wi-Fi predictions for 2024. So Tiago, fun fun guy to hang out with. Lots of knowledge there. Gets to see a lot of things are happening in the industry. So he's got 10 Wi-Fi predictions for 2024 and beyond. Number one, in the future, 10 gigabit speeds will be commonplace. Uh, fiber broadband deployments will continue to expand, but 10 gig is going to come out in the future and it will be commonplace. The rapid adoption of 6E and 7 will drive the ability to access additional spectrum in 6 gig. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Number two prediction. The capabilities of Wi-Fi 7 will drive immense experience. I'm sorry, immersive experiences and advanced gaming and video content. That's that's a given, right? The you know, if you build it, they will come. So definitely looking forward to seeing what's going to happen when there's more capability and more throughput um, available to game developers, especially the stuff to go from the VR headset down to the phone, down, you know, out to the computer and out to the world. That's gonna be awesome. Number three, open roaming growth will continue and extend to integrate with private 5g and iot networks kind of sounds self-serving not gonna lie open roaming is being pushed pretty hard by wva but that's okay open roaming is awesome uh when it works the problem is i'm not gonna lie i tried it on an iphone and i was like it blew my mind it was not that easy uh to set up but once you got it set up it works like a champ so i'm looking forward to that becoming easier uh to get on my on my devices number four convergence will progress enabling access to private or public 5g services over wi-fi yes yes Yes, this is, I mean, common common thread here. Convergence happening so that people can roam on and off networks, on and off with CBRS, with 5G, with, with Wi-Fi, back and forth and to and fro. Great things happening there along those lines. Uh, keep your eyes out for what's happening with Helium. Helium announced their $20 national plan with with uh, with mobile services. So I'm always keen to see what Helium's up to. Number five, network as a service will rise beyond early adopters, spreading quickly to, tra- to traditional enterprises where networks provide cloud-first software-defined application-centric environments. Lots of buzz there, but all stemming from network as a service. It's attracting customers because it accelerates and simplifies the deployment of devices 
Um, and it's I'm I, I that's a glass of Kool Aid that sits on my desk that I enjoy drinking. The network as a service thing is a lot of fun to watch. It's not for everybody, but for the people that it serves the that it solves the problems for serves. It's uh, it's kind of interesting. Number six, the role of AI and ML cannot be overstated. With adaptive AI set to explode on networks, from enabling uh, automatic frequency coordination to predicting network resource needs and more. I will be doing a talk about this at WLPC in Phoenix. Because I so strongly believe in exactly what Tiago is saying there. Number seven, outdoor AFC will initially be successful in rural connectivity. Agree with that. In countries that have open large portion of six gigs. So open AFC outdoors, frequency coordination. God, I love it, man. Outdoor AFC is going to be awesome. Six gigahertz, low power. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of movement in six gigs. So I'm interested to see what's happening there. Number eight, new IoT technology will help unify connectivity across multiple home devices, transforming home users' experience with IoT matter. The new standard launched in 2023 provides reliable, secure connectivity across multiple device manufacturers. And now with everyone from Apple, Amazon, Google, Samsung, all these players getting involved in matter, it's going to be really cool to see how easy it is to get devices connected one, you know, one by one. I have like seven different IoT providers in my house that I that I work with to try and get all my stuff uh, you know, going with my home automation. So it'll be great to have it all under under one roof, if you will. Number nine, pilot projects and trials of tip open Wi-Fi will proliferate in developing countries and price-sensitive markets due to cost effectiveness and the benefits offered by an open disaggregated model. Man, if you know me, you know how much I love open Wi-Fi. So uh, it's great to see Tiago giving a shout out, uh, shout out saying that that this is going to be on the on the top ten predictions for 2024. I will see. I mean, it's it has a strong strong value proposition, uh, but I will stand behind the blog that I wrote. Uh, you know, right after Meadow, where it said, you know, someone's got to take the reins. Someone's got to run this. Someone's got to get behind open Wi-Fi and really push it. There's been some new logos popping up with with showing support for them. And that's great. And it's moving. It's moving rapidly. But until someone gets behind it and really starts to congeal what's going on in open Wi-Fi, that's what I want to see. That's what I'm waiting for. Number 10 and last, augmented and virtual reality will gain a larger share of our daily lives at home and work, but it will require indoor broadband networks to adapt with improvements in user interfaces and network capabilities to cater for larger groups of users. That's a tough one. Of course, you know, as as more capacity comes available, AR and VR will definitely have a have an opportunity to play. But how many people are really going to adopt it? You know, I spent a year working for Meta and we had at least one meeting a week fully immersed in in VR. I don't work for Meta anymore and I haven't put my VR headset on in about a year and, you know, other than play a couple games here and there. So I think when you're in the middle of it, it's amazing. And I loved it. I had a great time using it and we, we came up with some really cool applications and stuff. Um, but there's still not that, that one, you know, the quote unquote, the killer app to make AR and VR something that people, uh, adopt day to day. So, is that because the capacity is not there or is it because the headsets aren't there? I guess we'll see with Vision Pro when Apple releases it. Um, still three grand, man. I mean, dude, that's like you can't ignore the fact that that's going to be really expensive. Anyway, that being said, I'm like way over time. I try not to go more than 10 or 12 minutes, maybe 15 minutes at the most. I don't even know what I'm at right now. I feel like it's been half an hour. So I'm going to shut up and let you get on with your day or your week or your evening or your bike ride or whatever it is. I do appreciate you listening to me, having me in your ear. Uh, we've got some new sponsors to announce, which is really cool. Lots of good stuff happening. If you're interested in sponsoring Waves, please reach out to me. Let me know, Drew at DrewLens.com or at Wireless Nerd on any of the social media. Uh, you can't see it on the podcast, but on the video, I'm holding a screwdriver and I don't know why. I'm just like, I had to fidget with something. I guess a screwdriver will work. Anyway, that being said, uh, we're coming up on 
on the next week, the the big shutdown for everyone before Christmas. Don't know how much stuff's going to get done. But if you haven't gotten your tickets to uh, CES, get those. Uh, it is confirmed. I will be at NRF. So if you'll be at NRF, come downstairs into the basement. Check out what I'm doing down there. We're going to be having a lot of fun. There's uh, I don't I don't know if I can give away the surprise of what it is or if it's been talked about. But there's something really cool happening at NRF, and I would love to answer your questions regarding retail and Wi-Fi. So come on by and find me. Um, I'll be there on behalf of the beautiful uh, the the bridge to powering more networks with uh, with my employer. So come on by and check that out. So NRF CES WLPC registrations open. Make sure you go register for WLPC Phoenix if you care anything about what's happening in the Wi-Fi industry. And and I would suggest that if you've thought about WLPC and you're on the fence, this is the one to go to. This is the ten year anniversary. It's going to be a lot of fun. Anyway, that being said, I do appreciate you listening to me. Thank you for taking the time to. To put up with my voice, uh, and I will talk to you all next week. Have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful weekend. See you later. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Waves Podcast by Wireless Nerd. Visit us online at wirelessnerd.net.